most of us have heard the phrase that, hey, if you want more return on your investment, sometimes you gotta take more risk. And the vast majority of the time, that is completely true, but hey, this is the deal. The strategies we're gonna talk about today can help people earn more on their money, on their investments, have more net income in retirement from their money without taking any more risk. And that is the strategies, those are the types of strategies that I love. You don't have to take more risk, and you just get more out of your current investments, which can be an incredible deal for you throughout your retirement if you do things correctly. So today we're talking about taxes, okay? We talk about taxes all the time, because here's the deal. In your retirement and in your life, I doubt you're gonna have an expense that is gonna be as consistent and as large as taxes. And I am not talking about tax avoidance. I'm talking about using the tax law that exists to move stuff around in a way that makes sense for you to get the most out of taxes. Okay, we're gonna dig right in. If you're a federal employee, if you wanna retire, if you wanna get the most out of your benefits, learn about your money, hey, consider subscribing, um, leaving a comment, leave a rating on the podcast, wherever you're consuming this, definitely support, and that definitely helps us know um, here at Hospital. Haas Federal Advisors say, hey, people are getting value out of this. We should continue producing this type of content. It definitely helps us out. So thank you, and we'll jump right in. So the first couple of things that we have to nail down, we have to know before we go deep at all, is there's really two types of tax rates that you want to be aware of as federal employees. The so number one is ordinary income tax rates. And this is the type of tax rates that you're gonna think of the vast majority of the time. Basically, during your career, anytime you make money at your job or business, um, or even when, you, when you're retired, your pension, social security, all these types of income are gonna be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Now, that is the most common, but it's also the worst type of taxes because that is the highest tax rate that you're going to pay, okay? The ordinary tax rates go from 0% to 37%. 37% is the highest federal tax rate that you can have. And 0%, of course, is the lowest, depending on where your income is in between. Now, most of you are familiar with that one. The one that most people don't understand very well is long-term capital gains tax rates, okay? I don't talk about this a ton on my channel, but I definitely wanted to dig into it a little deeper for you guys, okay? So let's talk about it. What, what the heck is long-term capital gains tax rates, okay? And here's the deal. Basically, it's either a 0% tax, 15% tax, or 20% tax. So there are three options you can have with long-term capital gains rates, but this is what you have to remember, even if you forget all the, the numbers, okay? Long-term capital gains tax rates is always better, at least under current tax law, okay? It is always a lower number than ordinary income tax rates, okay? So regardless of what your income is, it's always gonna be beneficial to be under long-term capital gains if you possibly can, okay? And we're gonna dig in a little later why that's relevant and important for you and what you can do to potentially move some of your ordinary income taxes over to the long-term capital gains. And let's say you save 10% in taxes. Well, that's, that's huge, a 10% bump to your net investment money that you're gonna have in retirement, that's massive, especially over the course of your career, your retirement, just knowing where to put your money. Now, I'm definitely going to be talking, not in this video, but in future videos than I have in the past, 
about asset allocation, and that basically means, hey, what things are you investing in, right? That's asset allocation. But today is going to be more about asset location, okay? Meaning, which accounts do you have specific investments? Where, what's the best strategies to move different types of investments amongst the different types of accounts that you have to get guaranteed extra return out of your money without taking any more risk, okay? So the three different types of accounts that we're gonna talk about today is pre-tax accounts, okay? That is a traditional IRA, that's a traditional 401k, that's a traditional TSP. It's pre-tax accounts so you have not paid money, taxes on that money yet, okay? That's number one. Number two, taxable accounts. Basically, these are any type of account outside of a retirement account, okay? These are like just regular brokerage accounts, or let's say you go invest in CDs somewhere. These are all going to be non-retirement accounts where you're just investing money, it earns money, and you actually pay taxes as you go, okay? We're gonna dig into that a little deeper. The last type of account is a Roth account. Basically, after tax, you've already paid taxes. As long as you follow the rules, then you can take everything you put in plus everything it's earned out completely tax-free, which is definitely my favorite by a long shot, okay? We like tax-free money. Those are the three types of tax buckets that you really have to know and are probably gonna be using in retirement, okay? Most of you as federal employees are gonna have the pre-tax one and the traditional TSP. Some of you will have like a Roth IRA and some of you, of course, will just have like a brokerage account or money sitting on the side doing something, okay? So the first question is, okay, now that we have some background with what types of taxes you can pay, what types of accounts there are, the next question is, hey, what types of investments should go into each type of account? Okay, so let's talk about it. So the first type of account we're gonna talk about is your pre-tax account. So that is, again, your traditional IRA, traditional TSP, traditional 401k, okay? Accounts that you have not paid the taxes yet. So you know, when you take money out of these accounts, you're going to pay income tax, okay? And you're gonna pay it at ordinary income tax rates, which is the worst type of tax that you can pay, okay? So when we can avoid it, we can, but sometimes you can't, okay? So the types of investments that you want into these accounts are generally speaking the more conservative ones, okay? So let's say, let's just do a random example. Let's say for your retirement, it makes sense to have 50% of your money in aggressive funds and then 50% of your money in conservative investments, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. If that is the case, then you want as much money as it makes sense. It depends, of course, how much money you have in each bucket, but um, you want your conservative investments to be in your pre-tax account because if you want one type of account to potentially lag the others to not grow as fast as the others, you want it to be your pre-tax account because you know when money comes out of there, it's gonna be taxed at the highest possible tax rates, okay? And so you want the things that are gonna be more safe in those accounts, okay? And we're gonna talk about some other strategies for the other accounts a little later, but that is where you want your conservative money, okay? Next, the next type of account we're gonna talk about and the investments that should go into it is taxable accounts. So brokerage accounts or other accounts where it's outside of retirement accounts and you're just investing money, okay? The one thing to know about these accounts is this is when long-term capital gains tax rates come into play, okay? Basically, if you get qualified dividends from, let's say, a stock, let's say you're invested in Apple, and they pay you qualified dividends, 
then those are taxed at long-term capital gains tax rates. Now, we don't like taxes, right? But if we are gonna get taxed, we'd rather do it at long-term capital gains rather than ordinary income, okay? So that's that. Qualified dividends, but also, if you hold, let's say, a stock or an investment longer than a year, and then you sell it, any gain you have will be taxed at the long-term capital gains tax rates, okay? So again, if we do have to pay taxes, we'd rather it be long-term capital gains. Now, the one big complaint, of course, of taxable accounts is that you get taxed every single year. You get a 1099 from that account every year. They say, hey, you earn, let's say, $2,000 from selling this Apple stock, um, and you gotta put on your taxes, okay? So every year, you're gonna get a 1099. Now, this is what you have to do. If you manage this type of account in a way, there's strategies so that you don't, you pay as little taxes year by year as you possibly can. And then when you do actually have income in there, maybe you sell an investment or you get money out to live on in retirement, you do it at long-term capital gains rates. And this is, this is one strategy that may make sense for you, okay? If you invest in funds, let's say an ETF, index fund, whatever it is, funds that invest in growth stocks, things that are meant to grow, Okay, so these stocks tend to not really pay dividends much. They're meant to grow. So what happens, hopefully there's not a lot of turnover, hopefully the fund isn't selling and buying a ton of things all the time. So what happens is your account does not see a lot of dividends and that's a good thing because you want it all to be in growth because this is a taxable account meaning you, get, you pay taxes year by year, okay? And so if you invest in growth funds, things that are meant to grow in broker's accounts, in taxable accounts, then guess what? You're probably not gonna see very much um, taxes year by year in these accounts because it's all in growth funds that are just meant to grow, right? Not a lot of dividends. And you will only pay the long-term capital gains tax rate when you, you know, sell the fund later for a profit. And at that point, when you take the money out, it would be at long-term capital gains tax rates, which of course is lower than your ordinary income tax rate. So that's a thought. Again, it doesn't make sense for everyone, but definitely a strategy you can look into. So those are the first types of two accounts and that's sort of investments that you should potentially put into these types of accounts, okay? Last account, a Roth IRA, Roth 401k, Roth TSP. These are Roth accounts, basically. You've already paid taxes on this money. It can grow as much as you'd like, and then when you take it out, assuming you meet all the rules, then you can do so tax-free, 100%, which is, of course, my favorite type of account by a long shot. Now, what type of investments should we put into a Roth IRA or a Roth TSP, right? And the answer is, well, you want to put your more aggressive investments, your more aggressive funds, into your Roth accounts. Because guess what? If we had to pick one account to grow the largest or the fastest over time, which one would we pick? Well, the one with the best tax consequences, okay? So that is your Roth IRA, your Roth TSP, Roth 401k. Because when you take that money out, no matter how large it grows, that thing's coming out tax-free, and that's what we want. That is what we want, okay? So I know this has been a ton of information, and if you're not super familiar with taxes, it might have been a little too much. So definitely rewatch this. Check out the article on my website about this specific, specifically. And it'll actually go out in writing of, okay, this is how it works. And again, if you're on the podcast, maybe check out the YouTube channel, the, the website, 
just to get a little more clarification on how this stuff works. So again, in retirement, whatever your investment strategy is, maybe you say, hey, I wanna be in 60% stocks or you know, 60% aggressive funds and 40% um, conservative funds or 70-30, whatever the mix is for you. Then you have to say, okay, how do I allocate those investments into the different types of accounts that I have? My pre-tax accounts, my Roth accounts, and my taxable accounts, right? That is where you can get guaranteed net gains because here's the deal. If you can move your investments around so that instead of paying more ordinary income, you're actually paying long-term capital gains or let's say even Roth, Roth accounts where you don't pay any, if you can just move where your money, your investments are at between these two different accounts, these three different accounts, then that is guaranteed money, even with the exact same asset allocation. The exact same investments just pushed around into different spots can make you more net profits after taxes just by doing this. So if you have any questions, definitely put in the comments below. I'll do my best to answer them. I hope that was helpful, okay? This is a big, big and important strategy, and I know it got a little deep, so hopefully you hung with me. Again, do some more research, see what makes sense for you, and have an incredible rest of your day. I'll see you next time.